You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast that would come back from the dead just for you. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by former hangman's joke roadie, Ben Chapman. Fire it up! Fire it up! Fire it up! <sighs> That's what they were saying? Yeah, they were saying fire it up. I could not figure that out for the life of me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I paused, rewound, and put subtitles on because I wanted to know what they were saying. To me, it looked like they were doing the fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z. It was very similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we're also joined today by a crow fan and comedian, Eric Sablon. Yeah, how's it going? Nailed it. Sweet. Sweet. All right. <laughs> He's a big fan of The Crow, I although am. he just recently found out it was a comic book. What's funny is it's, it's, it's cool that you're pointing out that he's a fan of The Crow and The Crow podcast, but I actually introduced Eric to everyone saying that same thing. Yeah. Like, hey, this is my buddy Eric, Eric, huge fan of The Crow. He's really into The Crow. <laughs> he has the face tattoo, I, so it's not just makeup yeah. for him, guys. How, like, how iconic is that, that face makeup, though? I mean... Pretty you know, like, iconic. Uh, not really sure why it appears in any of the sequels. Yeah, right. I have no idea. That's that's just when yeah. the crow gets you. That's what he does. Yeah. He wait a second. Isn't it. isn't the the, the the subsequent crows different people? Yep. So it's not the same. So why the fuck are they also doing? Because like, isn't it his like wedding makeup? His like it, wife's wedding. Yeah. Makeup? That, well, there was a mask on the wall right, that right. he uses it to be like, hey, I'm covering my face, and then look at my attractive yeah. face after. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like in. Uh, like, after this movie, you know, Sting, the wrestler, looked just like the crow. Right. Maybe maybe in subsequent films, they're like, I really like that wrestler Sting. They're all just regular, really big wrestling fans. Yeah, that's like, the subplot of the crow movies. <laughs> they're like, NWO Sting was the best. I think we, before we get into any opinions on the movie, we can all agree <laughs> that this was a, like, this this had a ripple effect in oh, absolutely, in a huge, in a huge, huge. fucking yeah, way. Yeah. In wrestling... Right. Uh, in, you know, I don't know, uh, ICP, I kind of guess. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think I you think, get the same general makeup yeah, without, I, I think without it. Yeah. I think this film, too, is the the film that is the most dated to the year it was made of the movies we've watched. Like, all the way through, oh. I was like, oh, you can tell what year this sucker was made. 90s time capsule, without, oh, without question, yeah. Uh, when soft rock was really hard. Yeah. Like, there's that scene in the, <laughs> yeah. where... The, it's the band with the female lead singer, and she's yeah. The, I imagine it was like the poor man's hole. Like they right, could, yeah. they could get a hole. It's a little, yeah. little, little, little. That's a, that's a band, Medicine. Yeah, uh, little early shoegaze. Oh. I actually, I actually recognize them. Oh, Wait, wow. they're a real band? Yeah, yeah. All the bands in the in the movie were real. Oh, that's uh, Thrill, Thrill Kill Cult was the second one. Okay, and the first one was the, with the blonde girl was was Medicine. I you know the the music in the movie. I haven't watched. I hadn't watched the movie in about six years. Yeah. But I was listening to it, I was like, yeah. It stands out. I was like, I was like this is sweet. And I, I kind of really yeah. liking it. There's oh, a lot of guilty tracks. That was the tracks. opposite opinion I had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, for me, there was a lot of guilty tracks for me. Oh, although, right, right. although I will say, as someone seeing it for the first time, which is an important note to make, actually, before we proceed, is that Pogues and I uh, are both seeing this movie for the first time. The uh, virgins, as it were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, like I said before in the mini-episode, uh, which of course you didn't hear because who listens to those, um, I... Uh, read scattered versions of the comic uh, ages ago. I have them somewhere in a box, and then um, I, I I reread the, the actually all three of the original run to that covered the span of this yeah. movie. So I was I was up to date on my comic angle before I watched this film. Uh, but yeah, as someone coming in new, those songs stuck out, especially the Cure song uh, that plays during his, his makeup. Oh yeah, yeah, that oh, stood the fuck out. <laughs> well, it, I think that that's kind of the point, right? It's, right. it's there to make you feel. Sad. Like, I have a it's rule. there to about make the you cure. feel something. Yeah. I, I have a rule about the cure. I don't listen to the cure before noon because it just turns into a really bad day. If I do. <laughs> but wait, what about, like, 
uh, it's Friday, I'm in love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't make you sad. Oh, yes, it does. There's something <laughs> oh. just about... Because it's not it. Friday? Yeah. I'll listen to it on Thursday and be like, fuck, I just have one more day. Yeah, yeah. something about him being happy, actually. Something yeah. about the Cure pretending to be happy is almost more sad than right. a sad Cure song. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> we, you're not fooling anybody. It's like you relate to him. You're like, I get it, man. I put on a fake-ass smile every day yeah. to deal with people. <laughs> I put on that crow makeup. <laughs> yeah. I ha- Internally, I have crow makeup on my soul. And externally, and, and as, externally. as we just, as we as we on oh, Thursdays. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, well, we kind of already covered it a little bit yeah. um, uh, in terms of, of, of fandom. We were to talk about as we always do uh, what kind of like this series means to us. And I, I I already said my piece that I you know I never watched it, but I did read a little bit of the comics. But um, and Pogues, you're like zero. You got nothing. Yeah, right? I'm straight. I mean, I've I've yeah. seen I had seen ten minutes of this movie before I watched it for this. Right, and I've seen it, like parodied and stuff. Yeah, and I've like seen my, art yeah. for the crow, but that's right. I've of never course, read yeah. the comic or anything. So just, yeah, just go to the front page of DeviantArt and you'll see it. Right. Well, I I grew up I I grew up in a like I'm Asian. You can't tell over the audio. Uh, I can confirm. <laughs> but I grew up uh, and my dad was a really big Bruce Lee fan. So I agree with that. Growing up, like I watched tons of Bruce Lee films, and then, you know, it's Bruce Lee's son, and I was like, "Oh my God, Bruce Lee's son's making a movie!" And then, you know, you find out that you know he, you know, passes away sadly on the set of it, and you're just Mm -hmm. like, "Oh man, that's a horrible, horrible thing," you know. And he had a few movies before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, people were talking about this when I was like looking up crow information everyone was freaking out of two movies they never heard of 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 rapid fire and showdown in little tokyo rapid fire is so good are these good because i love my action yeah yeah i i really and showdown in little tokyo is great too and there was so much talk about this and how this movie was supposed to push him into that whole realm of just being a huge action star which can we can we just say something this is something i found interesting this is you know bruce lee's son as you said yeah these are the crappiest fight scenes I've seen in a movie. <laughs> Whoa! Here's the thing. Shots fired early. He's not supposed <laughs> to know how to fight, right? He's he's in a band. I he, know, he, but he's like... He's artistic. He's not, you know... <laughs> it's like me and Ben getting in a fight. It's going to look horrible. Yeah, it's going to look real bad. Well, <laughs> see, that's where you're wrong, because Ben knows some martial art, I'm sure. No. No? Okay. No. no. And despite me being Asian, I don't know any martial arts. Yeah, I thought that was like a rule. Good yeah. to know. Uh. <laughs> Uh, this this was, of course, uh, Brandon Lee's death was tied to the supposed curse of the Lee family. Yeah. It was played up in that really terrible 90s made-for-TV movie, Boo. which I've watched like 20 times. Boo. I love Bruce Lee. He was an amazing... Oh, yeah. And, and this this is a total... I mean, the events surrounding Brandon Lee's death are awful. Yep. Uh, the, an actor in the film actually killed him, and, oh. you know... Michael he, Matthews. He's, yeah, he, re, he spent a whole year... It was like alone. He like went into like solitary because he just has having such a hard time dealing with it. Oh, I, yeah. And yeah. he said he said in interviews that he said, you know, that's I've never gotten over that. You know, he said I, I you know, it was it completely one hundred percent not his fault. It was all right. the prop, the prop and the the production company's fault. But you know, it, it, how do you come back from that? So it, it's a real bummer. Yeah, just in general. Which I, you know, I say that now because I'm going to make fun of this movie a lot. So I do. <laughs> I feel bad that he is dead. It's okay. I, like, I liked him in the movie. Yeah, I thought okay. he was a good actor. It's a, it's a real shame that he died. It would have been. It's one of those things where you're like, boy, I wonder where they would be now. Like if he would still be in movies or. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I. 
I think that his performance in the movie was so good. Like, there's times where, it, like, there's that part where he's real, like, when he's in the in the uh, pawn shop, mm-hmm. and he's like, tell me where they are, and he's just so angry, you're like, oh my god, right? Like, he, he really puts on anger in that really, really well. I, I, gotta, I gotta say, because I feel like I'm gonna take a position somewhere between the two of you, because I'm not, I didn't think the movie sucked. I got things to say, but I don't think it sucked. Um, but there was a lot that I had complaints about, but there were moments in that movie that clicked for me where I was in the middle of a scene and I wasn't taking notes. I yeah. wasn't like going, yeah, there's he, definitely some you know, good parts to the film. It's some, just, yeah. I think, I think the faults of the film aren't necessarily the, the, the movie. I don't know how to say it. Like it's not put together. It's not a well put together movie. No, I think that there's a lot of like amateur weird, not, I don't want to say amateur cause they're obviously professionals. Sure. But it was just so lame. Like, there are certain things, like the opening scene, you know, where Ernie Hudson's sitting there smoking a cigarette, and it's a full cigarette. And he's in the middle of a crime scene. And he puts it out on the ground? Yeah, and he just throws it on the floor. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, what? That was literally, like, the second note I have is I'm like, this dude just (laughs) lit a full cigarette and then threw it away. And I'm like, he's at a crime scene. You can't do that. I'm like, no wonder you got demoted. Like, (laughs) you didn't get demoted because you were digging deep. You got demoted because you're shitting on a crime scene. Yeah, he's just, like, licking everything. They're like, (laughs) why do you keep coming? Your DNA is on everything. Ernie, you're you're throwing your cigarette butts everywhere, and you're not here half the time because of your other job. You know, busting ghosts. So you can't be here. I don't know if you noticed, too, every time they showed him smoking, it was a full cigarette. It was That always. dude never smoked more than, like, no. one-eighth of a cigarette before putting it out and lighting another one. The first eighth's the best part. We all know that. <laughs> it's that first that inhale. Just, I just picture him, like, lighting one, taking a drag, putting it out, taking one directly after, <laughs> lighting it, putting it out. Wait, you can over. keep smoking these things? Son of a <laughs> bitch! These last longer than that? No way! Yeah, that's, uh... Oh, all right. Uh, real quick before we get full into the movie, let's just do a real quick by the numbers. And since we've got a guess, we can actually do the guessing game. How much do you guys think this movie cost? Uh, the, what year was this? 90... 94. Uh, 94, yes. Um, it was actually filmed in 93, if that helps you at all, because there was a break because of... Oh, that that, yeah, that does... Ha- no, it doesn't post. You don't know, I don't know you can Well, I wonder if that adds into post-production, how much the death added into post-production. Uh, it added $8 million extra dollars to the film because Whoa! the company Precise. that was going to produce it dropped out be- mm, because yeah. there was complaints that the film was too violent and it should, you know coupled with the fact that the lead actor was murdered during the filming. So they dropped out and Miramax came in and picked it up and, and dropped $8 million in to, to finish the film. I would say then, I, I'm going to guess that this is a $12 million production. Uh, what he said. Alright, this is, the best I could find was an estimate, because they're not sure how much the original production company paid entirely. But the estimate is $23 million. Damn. Which in 1994... That's huge. That is absurd. Especially when you look at this movie. Uh, where that $23 million went, I have no idea. For 102 all, minutes. All, all into the... Um, I'm assuming it's all in the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that Cure song it. was fucking pricey. Because that, that was a uh, original for the movie. Yeah. Right? yeah that so, was not and then, a, a, there's also... Oh, um, no, that either. Mm-hmm. There's like a scene where early on a car drives by when he's walking through the um, the alley. Yeah, and it's a second of Stone Temple Pilots. 
Yeah, like one second of it. And you know they had to pay for that whole song, but they're like, the director's like, no, it needs to be this song. Yeah, and they got, right here. they've got Joy Division in there. Yeah. They got The Cure. They've got, yeah, they've got a lot. And uh, in, in 90. Femmes, I think. Or yeah, something. and yeah. in 93, how, like, the the Cure's popularity was. Oh, God. Yeah. Right there. Peak. So. Was it, yeah, it was at the peak. Everything. Yeah, so, so for a custom song for yeah. your movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably that's two million peak. alone, that's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how wow. much do you guys think then this movie grossed domestically, just in the U.S.? Because I couldn't find any information if it was even released worldwide. I feel like that death, uh, sadly, the death I, would have driven a lot of popularity. Yeah, to it. I think, and also I, I remember being so excited for it and just hearing chatter about it. Yeah, in '94. Yeah, because I saw this movie in the theater, so I would assume that it did at least, I would say, eighty to ninety million. Okay. All right, Ben, do you have a separate guess? or uh, I, I do not. Okay. <laughs> uh, it made $50 million domestically. Oh, uh, But mean, that's so double, it's, covered, that's yeah, double it its value, down, so it's not terrible. It puts it 82nd in the list of our comic book movie adaptions, and if I adjust it for inflation, it jumps up to 66th. So, huh. well, I, well, I, the halfway mark. I also don't think that they don't have... This movie didn't have the comic book following that, say... The other comic book movies you guys have done have. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. The Crow is... Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think this movie was grabbing from its audience. You know, I think they just were like, this will grab an audience for a type those, of film. It, those and, James O'Barr fans. Now, real quick, <laughs> I'm just going to run through these. Uh, the two-timer log. This is people who have been in more than one comic book movie, but in different franchises. Ernie Hudson was in the, drag, the live-action Dragon Ball Evolution movie. Oh, He's yeah. in that garbage... Yes, which I forgot that was a movie until I saw it, and I was like, yeah, "Oh yeah, that too. would." And that's technically Don't based on a comic. Me. Yep. And then Michael Massey was in Amazing Spider-Man One and Two. Who's he in those movies? The Gentleman is the I don't I don't. Who's the Gentleman? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he has another villain that you don't know. He just gets by because he's really nice to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like, "Excuse me, sir, I would like to rob your bank." <laughs> uh, all right, so that's that's it for our little. I don't know, whatever you want to call those. Uh, so let's jump into the movie. The film starts with a voiceover, as is becoming a hallmark of these comic book movies. Have we had one without a voiceover yet? Uh, yeah, I don't believe Alien vs. Predator or... No, really oh, they had a voiceover. 90s, 2000s love their voiceover. Batman didn't have a voiceover. Jeez, that's true. Uh, yeah, we'd be, so we're that the girl explaining the rules of the movie. <laughs> right. which is, yeah, which is very bizarre. Yeah. Sometimes. She's like, Sometimes a crow will bring back a dead person's spirit. I'm like, that's not a belief that's held yeah. by anybody, I don't think. Yeah, no, there's no religious base in that. Sometimes I make up fake stories. I also like that she explains that sometimes if it's really, really bad, I'm like, yeah. what do you mean bad? Like, by whose standards? A crow's? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, the crow's watch like, and he's nah, like, man. Bad. what's bad to a crow? I don't understand. Uh... This, then it starts with a pan over of the most model looking city I've ever seen in a, in a cinema production. Oh, it's, it's a miniature, yeah. but it's it, a cool fucking miniature. Yeah, and I, I watching that pan over, I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't remember it looking this horrible. <laughs> yeah. That and like the pan outs when he's doing some of his rooftop action yeah. are egregiously. It, like, it almost looks like it's like, it's like they grabbed the set from like Nightmare Before Halloween. Like, it looks like it's from, like, a claymation movie. It's yeah, just, yeah. like, it does not look like they tried to make it look realistic. 
Uh, we I mean, go into they, the. Oh, go ahead. They, sorry, they don't say what city it is either. Detroit. Right? Oh, do they say? Yeah, it's they say Detroit. Because see, I wrote. Do they? I didn't notice either. It's, it's definitely Detroit, uh, known for its giant gothic cathedrals. Is, is, that, is that? Did it say Detroit? Yeah. Because I was. It says Detroit. I made a note that it said. I said, "Where is this decrepit place, Detroit?" And, and apparently, yes, yeah, you're yes, right. it is. Movies have been making fun of Detroit for years. <laughs> uh, yeah, Detroit hasn't had a good go. I mean. No. They eventually make a robot cop. It's so bad. But still, movie versions, much better than the real city's doing. Uh, As we pointed out, you come into the crime scene. Ernie Hudson's there smoking his full cigarette and then just dropping it next to what I assume is a, you know, evidence that they need to still take a picture of. They come over and the woman, there's a woman there. A man's been thrown out of the window. This woman is bloodied. The EMTs are like, we need to move her. Can we? That's not how EMTs work. They don't have to ask the police if they can move a still living person. Like they would, she would have been gone the second they got there. They would not have just been like, "Well, we got to lay her, we got to leave her where she was laying." It's evidence. Shoddy police work to open the film. Totally. Yeah. And then, then to make it even weirder, when they go downstairs, the dickhead detective we meet is like, "Who told you you could move her?" I'm like, "So no wonder there's like murders so high in your city. Most of these people probably would have lived if you had just taken them to a hospital." No, that's it's true, and they're. I, I mean, looking at it from that perspective, it's the worst policing ever. Basically, right? yeah. Like, there's no nobody knows what they're doing. That's why crime rate's so high. Like, yeah, I feel like it's not an it's not an indictment of crime. It's an indictment of the poor police force in this town. Just that's why people good. can burn down buildings the same day every year. <laughs> yeah. They make a holiday out of it, yeah. which someone later hints is so popular they make postcards yeah. regarding that said greeting, crime greeting holiday. Cards. Yes. Greeting cards. Yes. Now, did you guys notice that his name, which I assume it's this in the movie, in the comics, but his last name is Draven? Yeah, Eric yes. Draven. Yeah. Yep. Do you think that, like, the guy writing it was like, huh, if I make his last name Crow, it's too obvious, and DeCrow doesn't sound like a real name. Because <laughs> his name is just D. Raven. Yeah. It's I was ridiculous. like, come on, guys, you could. I, I have this problem throughout much of the film, is I can't tell what's sort of uh, uh, overwrought and cliche, or what comes from the crow that then inspired later cliches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because this movie yeah. is so early on that I can't tell what's just been dummied for so long from this movie that I think it's cliche and shitty, and what is originated from this movie, you know? I, I think that this this movie is early enough that the, I, and I, like we talked about this before, the ripple effect that this movie had in popular culture. Yeah. It's probably where it all came from. Yeah. Cause when he like quotes Poe or something, right. I'm like, Oh, come on. We know you're goth. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, isn't this like, well, that one, that, that scene when he came in and did that, I was like, I, I, when he did that, I was just like, wait a minute guys, that poem's called the Raven. Like I get what you're yeah. doing, but when the movie is about a guy with a bird that follows him around and it's not a Raven, not to me i was just like that's a weird choice to be like this is the closest poem we could find about birds yeah. <laughs> well, i don't know if there's a lot of other gothic poems about famous gothic poems about birds I mean, i'm sure there are ben <laughs> <laughs> in, in his defense and i mean this as in eric draven right of course <laughs> he 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 that's who he is right like yeah. he's he's in some he's in some rock band he's you know his choice of clothing uh-huh to go out to avenge everything was loose 
Doc Martens. Yep. Leather pants that aren't fitting in any way. They're kind of baggy. And then a thermal undershirt. Yeah, I feel like Under Armour is just waiting for them to remake this movie so they can be like, going to have the best product placement. I mean, he was actually pretty lucky that he was already heavily... Well, actually, he's lucky, he's lucky on a couple accounts. He was born Eric Draven, so right. it's pretty great that he became goth, because, yeah. you know... It worked out great. If your doctor was Dr. Draven, you know, if, yeah. if your pediatrician was Dr. Draven, you'd be kind of freaked out going yeah. to the doctor's office. So it's a good thing he became a goth musician. And it's a great thing he was a goth musician when he died and became reincarnated, because right. otherwise the goth motifs of the crow really wouldn't play out if he was like an accountant. I also or he'd been a clown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, another thing that I makeup would have been the same early on was he's been dead. It says a year later. Yes, yeah. he's been dead for a year. Uh-huh. There is no decomposition of his body at all. Yeah, none whatsoever. More importantly, no decomposition of his cat either. That's what, the cat's clean. <laughs> the cat's completely clean. His cat shows up a year later, and no one gives a shit. It's and been it, eating all the rats in that building, bro. Sure. It's yeah. been great for itself. It was burned in a burned out room. Yeah. That room is not burned out. It's all over. It should have been. Right, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things that I'm going to, we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, Real quick, just to go back. All right, so we find out that all these people are going to die. They zoom out into, again, this really fake looking city. And we get the line, it's a year later. This girl goes to see the the cemetery where uh, Draven and Shelly are buried. She lays flowers down and says, all right, later. And just walks away. And then a crow lands and she says, what are you, the night watchman? And then again, it's just gone. And I don't want to be a dick because I, this girl like never acted again. And I can't imagine that being on the set of a movie where somebody was murdered really helped her out in life. But she isn't really bad in this movie. And it feels like they went back and 80 yard all of her lines. I, I, I have to say, I think that if I were to rank everything about this movie that I liked and disliked in order... Um, the top thing on my like column is the acting from pretty much the whole cast, especially the fucking villains they fight. The gang, is oh, so they're good. they're good. But to that uh, point, the worst part of this acting array is that girl. She is garbage. You're right, but I, I, I again, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm the the fighter for this movie. I right. think that back then that was what you're basically is. It's like Michelle on Full House. See you later, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's what was popular. Yeah. So this girl is riding a skateboard in the rain. Mm-hmm. And, and on, on all the skateboard scenes where they don't show her, it's obviously like some 14-year-old dude <laughs> who's skateboarding because he's so much taller than her. Yeah, I noticed Any that. other time yeah. she's on the skateboard. Well, you also noticed in hers, I, I felt like she was the thing, like when they cut back to her and she was in the cemetery, I was like, oh man, I forgot what the 90s were like. That girl is wearing like 28 layers. Fresh. She has like a jacket on a hooded sweatshirt on top of a vest, on top of a t-shirt, on top of another shirt. I was like, holy shit, it must take her an hour to get dressed in the morning. That's why she never changes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like six days and she never changes. And it's like She's wearing fishnets too, yeah. which I thought was just... It creeped well, me out. Her mom is, yeah. You know, I kind of mother it. is that. Maybe right. uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, she goes and um, has a hot dog with Ernie Hudson, who's yep. the sergeant. And uh, there's a shot of her trying to eat a hot dog oh. in which she's looking <laughs> at it 
like she's never seen a hot dog before. Like she's like, <laughs> how do you eat this? It's like she's, which, like, she's like turning it like in a circle. Like she's like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to put this in my mouth. Right, right. It's, it's very bizarre. So weird. <laughs> it looked like a normal size hot dog, right? The bun was too big for the hot dog. If you see the like right before he hands it to Ernie Hudson, the hot dog's like way smaller than the bun. Yeah. It's like it looks like they took uh, like a a subway sandwich roll and put a regular size hot dog, and I was like, yeah, it's like it's like, a, can have. it's like a baguette. Like I'm <laughs> right, like, exactly. why does she have like an entire loaf of bread with a hot dog in it? Right. But I don't understand her confusion with it because she's like a street kid. Yeah, so it makes sense if she came down and sat down to like fancy like sashimi or something. Yeah. And was like, how the fuck do you eat this? It's a fucking hot dog. It's There's the only, only one way to eat it. <laughs> And, and she goes to the hot dog stand, so she's been there before. <laughs> right. And she shows up, and the guy's like, hey, kid. Right? He knows her. She's and, eaten that hot dog before. And it's a hot dog. <laughs> like, it's a hot dog. All right, Again, I'm sorry. Again, unless your mouth is 12 inches This girl right. bugged the only shit out of me the whole movie. Now, uh, <laughs> real quick, though. Um, yes. Did anyone else get Blade Runner vibes here? Because the whole movie felt very Blade Runner to me in the uh, the city. The city is like... Like like the original Batman eighty nine and like Blade Runner, the city is like it's black, it's pitch black all the time. It's raining forever. Yeah. Like it's all everything's like painted black and tall and gothic architecture. I, I fucking love that. that part of right. this right. and those two movies I just mentioned. But this scene in particular reminded me so hardcore of the op- one of the op- opening ish scenes of Blade Runner when he's eating ramen. Yeah. On that street vendor yeah. and it's pouring rain and like you know the uh, the sergeant or uh, what's his name. Um, yeah. Almost shows up and uh, and gives him oh. his assignment, but yeah, I, I got that vibe here at this scene. Did you get the same out, yeah. vibe when you saw Fifth Element and he's eating ramen noodles outside of his apartment? No, because it wasn't filmed in, in eternal darkness in a gothic like yeah, like, it's, like, it literally oh, contains so all bad the right now. I, I gotta say though, just to, just to harp on that for one more second, is that the fucking set design and direction on oh. every inch of this movie is right below the, some of the performances for me in terms of good I, things about I, this movie. I fucking adore it. I love. I thought the set was great. I thought that the like weird timing that they they made it seem like an alternate Detroit, even though it it was crappy. It's a current Detroit now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was like it seemed to be like in a futuristic type setting, right? Like yeah. that's what that neo Detroit, whatever. And I I felt like. It was just the, despite the whole props team ruining lives, <laughs> I think that they did a, such a great job. Like the cars looked great, right? Yeah. Like, like the choice of cars, the the guns look great. Like the gun that the weird sec- right hand guy has, it's like a submachine gun, but a pistol oh, yeah. sub. Mm-hmm. Like they're all super cool. Everything was really nicely done. The set did what it should have done, which was uh, in the times I wasn't going, "Ooh, nice." I was not noticing it, which right. is exactly how it should have been. And also, it's remarkably well shot for a movie that is heavily dark. Yeah. Like we were talking about Batman when we filmed the first episode, and there's tons of scenes where I don't know what the fuck is happening because they it's too dark. Yeah, and I can't there's some see scenes it. like that in this movie. I thought this movie was pretty good about it. it it felt like a black and white comic book for most of it because they shot it pretty well in the darkness without completely blacking it right out the color palette on it's very oh it's, bland it's you like know two colors yeah but <laughs> it's i think that that fits it all so well sure. like throughout the whole film like his face matches the background and basically everything you and, know it looks and the original comic was right, black and white exactly yeah. now uh did you guys notice this is a question i have i don't know a lot about what you do with a dead body 
Well, I mean, I do, but not like when you actually bury it normal. I know what you do when you like leave it in the woods. Uh, but they buried that dude without shoes? Because he yeah. comes out of the ground. He's in a full suit, which for some reason is like split down the back like he's wearing like a backless evening gown. But he's not wearing shoes. And I'm like, I, do they not bury people in shoes? I'm going to guess struggling your way out of mud has something to do with that. Yeah, that Is that what it was? I also think uh, yeah. that... Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, the when you're going to your viewing for your funeral, like the bottom half, do they wear pants? I don't know. Yes, I, they I, definitely I, put I pants on you. Not in my funeral. <laughs> it's he's, in my will. He's also. I'm going to go back to him being a rock star again. Yeah. And the lead singer from Third Eye Blind does not wear shoes on stage, so maybe it was like, hey, he didn't wear shoes when he was playing in his concerts. That's a fun Rock little fact shoes. for our Third Eye Blind fan. <laughs> yeah. Third Eye Blind. So fan. no one. Yeah, um, but personally, at my funeral, I'm having a casket with just the bottom half open and, and nothing. And then, yeah, yeah. Just... And then we're all gonna be like, "Is Ben wearing a shirt right now?" <laughs> yeah, we're like, "You think they put a hat on him?" Um, but at I this point, what does Dick look like? I always wondered. <laughs> I don't care what all the scenes preceded this. At this point, I want to talk about the most in, the most important scene of this first half of the film, which is the Cure musical music video that's edited into this movie as he arrives at his apartment. And, you know, like, retraces the memory of what right. happened to him. And I gotta so say, the memory on. flashbacks could have gone without those. They're, they happen constantly, and they don't really provide any new information. It's like, I got it. You guys were happy. She's dead. So were you. I don't know. That's no, the... I don't need to see cute moments, and you guys can't see me because this is a podcast. But this is about love, though, Pogues. Pogues. They don't right. seem that in love. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I also, this is, you know... 11-year-old Eric who saw it the first time in the theater who... All right, we got it. You're young. Y- y- yeah. My guest is 11. I don't know if you guys... Yeah, I'm 11. <laughs> uh, Ben's uh, also not allowed to be near school. So we'll go into that later. I'm Skyping in from a different a different apartment. Uh, but Inside that, Eric's walls. When you're that in that teenage thing, and I think teenage time, that's what love to you is, right? That's, so their demographic was obviously high schoolers to late teenagers mm-hmm. so your your idea when you were in high school of love was putting a mask over your face taking it down and then kissing a girl yeah. oh yeah yeah and then I'm burning like... food and being like let's go out i mean i'm just like they don't look like right. they're in love they just look like two people who live together right. but not think... necessarily sexually well there there's some there's a part where he's kissing her back in one of them and yeah, i'm like oh they're yeah getting, they're getting it on right now there's this sexy implication <laughs> yeah back, apparently back. according to our, our friend uh brian schulte he uh, he said that there's side boob in this movie, and it, he remembers it being the first boob he ever saw in a movie, which I was wow. like, I can't. That's a shame, because I don't remember that at all. I was like, I one, I watched it, I was I like, I didn't see side boob. Two, well, I don't remember what movie I first saw a woman topless in. If that's his, really the first movie he saw a boob, I guarantee you he can give you the timestamp of that. Yeah. So oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> did I forget to mention that Schulte is actually Mr. Skin? <laughs> oh, our our, uh, our third co-host is here. My cat is screaming from the door. Uh, everyone enjoy that for the rest of this podcast. No, um, he's it's fine. Ignore it. Be fine. Um, can't really hear most of the time. My cat has become a a staple of the podcast. You should do a crew picture where it's like you, Hogs, <laughs> and then the cat. I'm I'm done trying to hide it. I'm done. I'm, yeah. I'm now ready to just embrace. The, I'm gonna open. The yeah, the first couple of shows, you could hear his cat in the background, and I would yeah. go in and edit it out for him. I and then I was just like, ah, fuck it. People like it. It's, it's just like a, it's not like People it's obnoxious. Cats. It's not like it's a dog barking. You know, where you can't hear anything. It's just like in the background, you just occasionally hear. 
but we, we hit another moment that I've I've harped on on other other comic book movies we've done before, which is um, choosing a song which uh, has lyrics that directly identify what's happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. I yelled about it in Hellboy when Red Right Hand came on. I yelled about it in Iron Man when Iron Man comes on. In this movie, it's not as direct, but as he's painting his goddamn face, like the Kira's opening lines of their song is is is, is paint your face the shadow smile. And normally I would be mad until I looked it up and realized they wrote this for the movie, yeah. which sort of uh, I don't know if it's does that make it better. Doubling, I think that's doubling down on what I com- what I'm complaining about. Yeah, I was gonna say I think they really were like let's let's super piss him off. Not I only are we gonna write a song, not only gonna have a song that says exactly what's happening. It's my number one pet peeve is when they let's choose pay a for a dude to write like it on the fucking nose. Like it's just it's sitting on your nose. I hate it. It's so it's such a cheesy move. But speaking of cheesy, this whole sequence. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean, this was, it was just angst from top to bottom. Totally. This was the the first moment that 30-year-old Ben was like, I'm going to have trouble with this movie. Like, this is going to be tough for me. I I think about it, and I was like, ah, (laughs) when my son grows up, I'm going to have to deal with him (laughs) acting like that. Yeah. Over some high school girlfriend that he's sad about. Like, but, yeah, but I okay. If your son starts painting his face like that, you got bigger problems. Then. I mean, <laughs> no, like he should I really be job. seeing a therapist. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you're into wrestling and goth. Is his real name going to be Draven? No. <laughs> I, I, uh, no, are you kidding? That's his first that. name. He, he already yeah. said that he loved the crowd. <laughs> but I totally get just 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 so we could before we jump on the next part. I totally get what you're saying because. Um, I, I took some of these uh, 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 fiction like writing courses when I was in early college and a little bit in late high school. And one thing you learn is when people come into writing stories is the first story they'll always fucking write is about death. Right. They're, to them, that's the big money. That's the big like concept. That's like that's like big thing. That's the like the top they can imagine concept wise. Right. They don't know nuance, so it's just like death and love is like the big thing. So well, I get why this movie would just shout at kids that age. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And even at the end, uh, and we'll whatever we'll go about the center. But sure. there's a line in the movie where he's where the guy, the main bad guy, says top dollar. Top yeah, dollar. worst crime name ever. Yeah, it says, yeah. "My daddy told me that when you fight, when you realize death is coming for you, you're no longer a child." <laughs> right? And you're like, "That's that's some 14 year old kid who's like, I'm gonna die someday. I'm so sad." Oh about shit, it. man! Yeah, right? Like, that's exactly what it is. And, and and that is a hugely quoted line. As is, is it really? I when I yeah. when they said that, I was just like, "Oh god, this is terrible." No, no. I, I, when after I watched this movie, I, I, I said this to, to, to Eric before we started. Is I again I didn't love this film, but the whole time I'm like, okay, there, I, I get kind of get where this became a huge thing for people. Oh, I get yeah. why? And but so I kind of like kept googling around, trying to read about people talking about this movie, and they all like unanimous were like, I was 14 when I first saw it. So yeah. oh, absolutely, I have no qualms at like being yeah. like, I love this movie because 14 year old Eric, yeah just wanted to paint his face white. <laughs> like, I remember, I, I I took my parents' lighter fluid uh-huh. and went out into the street one night and drew the crow okay. and lit it in the middle of my suburban, uh... middle, upper-class neighborhood <laughs> and lit it and just watched it for, like, the seven minutes it was on. Uh-huh. And then he tortured her dog. And then yeah, I was it. like, 
just was like, all right, I'm good now, and go back inside. Ah, uh, man, you were just like, God, I wish somebody had invented Periscope already. Right, exactly. Like, uh, the whole world could see my pain, and then, you know, but... I'm gonna go write some poetry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just all super sad. Quote the... Uh, uh, crow. Crow. <laughs> uh, nailed it. Uh, now, when we cut back, uh, just to go back, he's, he before all the stuff Ben was talking about... Uh, there is a uh, a scene where he finds Doc Martens somebody threw away, which if you've ever owned a pair of Doc Martens, you don't throw them away because yeah, no they the never 90s. go bad. No <laughs> I've had a pair for like 15 Doc years. Martins. They're perfectly fine. <laughs> they also fit his feet. Yeah. <laughs> what is the chances of that? Boy, well, it's right. it's sort of like in, like in the army where they're like everybody's a size nine. You know, it's just... <laughs> uh, I guess and he doesn't feel pain, right? So... He yeah. can just shove on any size shoes he wants. Well, like, I don't I think he's wearing socks either. And sock, yeah. no socks in a Doc Martin. You're asking for some trouble. <laughs> now, uh, after this, we cut to the bar where we meet the gang whose name, I don't know if it has a name, but it's T-Bird, Shank, Tintin, and Fun Boy. Which, Fun this boys. felt like they kind of wanted to be like a like almost like a Clockwork Orange sort of like zany crew. Well, but they're uh, swallowing bullets. That is not a great idea. <laughs> Those aren't going to come out. I don't think you can digest a bullet. I think it's just going to sit in your stomach forever until you have it think, removed. I think you're going to puke it up. I think they're going to puke up all the uh, whiskey in, yeah. in some dark, seedy Detroit corner at some point. But yeah, that is... Uh, the whole time I was like, cool scene. Also, gross. Just next, gross. Next time anyone's <laughs> in Detroit, look for the puddles of vomit and bullets. <laughs> just like, no. Oh. The gang was here, but but also before we uh, before we jump past it, these uh, names of the the henchmen are lifted straight out of the comic book. Right. So don't 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 blame uh, old uh, Alex uh, Prius Prius whatever his name is, uh, the director of this movie. I'll blame him because he went on all to James film. Obar. <laughs> he went on to film uh, I Robot, the movie with uh, Ooh. never saw it. Thank yeah, Ooh. and he went on to film it. Knowing with Nicolas Cage. Thank God neither of those are comic book movies, because we're not doing it. <laughs> Welcome to my new podcast those. called I Make Ben Watch Nicolas Cage Movies. Fuck! Oh, it's Cage with Cage. Hi, I'm Ben Chapman. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cage with Cage. cage. I cage locked you in a cage. cage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Force you to watch Superman and uh, the, wow. the Weatherman. Season of the Witch. <laughs> All right, not, not another origin story, fans. Uh, this is the final episode. We are now moving on to Cage with Cage. <laughs> And after this, we'll, there'll be a serial podcast about how Ben killed me. Uh, <laughs> so I want to I, I want to jump to something um, um, because I don't give a shit about sequential order anymore. Um, this isn't really jumping ahead though because we talked about how he he sort of transformed into the crow at this point, right? Yes. Um, uh, uh, and he has his little Spider-Man running across the rooftop scene. Yeah, which with the graphics this, were horrible, uh, like rough. That is- and yeah. the music is not helping it. Yeah, what is playing? It's some it's some metal, I, like, kind of light metal shit. It felt he to me was, like it was the director's son had, like, a band. He was like, <laughs> they were playing this in the garage last night. Pogues, one of our listeners is going to come kill you in the middle of the night. <laughs> he also, it doesn't look like he's he's running across the roof in the early scene, and he's not really doing anything cool. Like, if he was, like, running and jumping between gaps, but he's just running and dropping... Yeah. Lightly jogging and dropping. And at one point, he drops from, like, it looks like a three-story building, but the edit looks like they took a still picture and slid it down another still picture. Yeah. Like, cut him out and just slid it down, and you're like, that's you're just sliding two images on top of each other. <laughs> like, he's not even really jumping from an, a high building. 
Again, another point where I'm seeing I'm seeing kids being into it though, because he's just like it's pouring rain yeah. again, like that scene in Blade Runner on the rooftops. Mm-hmm. It's pouring, and I love Blade Runner, so that's that's my like that's my cipher into this movie mm-hmm. is like I, I remember being like obsessed with that movie and quoting it, so I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm catching the parallels. Um, but seeing him like charge across the rooftops, I could see a kid getting into that. Myself, I'm like, uh, yeah, I've seen this done like a thousand times. So it's a it's a backwards phenomenon where I'm right. like, I'm not impressed by this. Um, but the thing I was getting to was that he's now the crow. He's showing off his acrobats. He's in his he's in his fucking face uh, face paint. An idea of his powers. Um, I kind of expected his voice to be different. I was waiting for him to have like a, a grizzly, like yeah. darker, gravelly voice, and he just he's just like. Normal Brandon it's Lee. It's just normal Brandon Lee. So I kind of get why <laughs> later movies with Batman had him doing a Batman voice because it doesn't sound good initially. Well, I, I, I was it. also I didn't understood. I thought he his face looked like that because he was dead. So like when he put on face makeup, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Is, <laughs> like yeah, I was just confused from top to bottom by like he comes out of the grave. He seems completely nonchalant out of the fact that he just cri- climbed out of his own grave. He's following this bird around. He goes to his apartment, which a year later still has Halloween decorations on the outside of it, which proves they didn't light the building on fire. And he goes inside, and he's just like, I was like, what? Well, so luckily he just let, they left a leather jacket and a briefcase that he had? <laughs> or I guess his black shirt? I didn't really understand that part either. He, it, it's so funny, because I think that I remember watching the movie, and even this time thinking, God, he looks so fucking cool right like i just i i think that i have always thought that like he's he also looks really frail is that just me like he looks like tiny like like just real skinny and yeah like not your typical action hero at that point which i think was exactly what they were going yeah well he kind of has his you know his dad's physique his dad was like all sinew and muscle you know what i mean yeah but like i i just thought that the the whole idea like he you know, he looks like. What, did this come out before? This Sandman came out before this. The Crow did. I'm assuming, the comic book Sandman. That's a great question. It came out before the movie, I believe. Checking. Yeah, because it came out in the '80s. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because it's had that same feel, right? Like I just always like, like he he has that like tight leather thing going on, and like I always wanted to dress that way, but I was kind of heavy when I was younger, so I was like, I can't do that. It just looks like really that's, bad. That's why you had so much pain that you had to burn outside. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm too fat for this. <laughs> I feel your pain, bro. I feel your pain. 1989 was the first issue of The Sandman. Okay, yeah. So it was, it, yeah, it was so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just thought like that that was like his his whole thing looked cool. I, I was just always so enticed by it, especially being 14 or 11 at the time, being like, oh man. Like, look how cool that is. I can't wear that. <laughs> so, so where are we? Where are we now in the movie? I, I've lost track. This is like right after he. I think we're at the point where he starts to meet Tintin. Next, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, right. that fight with Tintin in the alley. Yeah. I actually uh, that which fight. does he get? I didn't realize this. Does he get super strength? Uh, because he's throwing a grown man pretty far. Well, let's be clear. His powers are pr- pretty confusing in right, both yeah. the comic and and the movie. Because I initially thought that he he just like I didn't know he couldn't feel pain because he seems to react to stuff sometimes yeah. and other times he doesn't and then he's like he heals sometimes but then later he's like bleeding everywhere and 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 I think and, it depends on the depth of the wound because like the hand cuts from him 
Well, he gets shot through a hand, and, right. and it just clears up. That right, seems that's like true. Intense. Uh, like that's, that's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Bone I, and muscle. And... I also want to go back to this real quick. That sure, he has a um, footloose scene in there. If you don't realize that, Wait, what do you like, mean? Like he's so angry. And he runs and he jumps out the window and yeah. grabs onto it. Oh, yeah! That is a footloose! It, it's footloose! <laughs> right? like, it's dark gothic footloose. And you're like, and you're like God, you did it so much better than Kevin Bacon. Holy shit, that was... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want, I want, a, I want a mashup. I want someone to put the footloose, like, uh, it was, I'm a maniac, whatever's playing that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Just lay that over that scene in the apartment. <laughs> He's just every time Kevin Bacon would slam on the hood of the Beetle, it's him like dropping to the floor. Yeah, and then at the end, it's the big jump out the window. I'm making this cut. Wow, <laughs> that's good. But yeah, uh, the fight with Tintin I thought was pretty interesting. That actor. Uh, when you said interesting, you mean really boring, and it's mostly two guys throwing each other into walls. Well, I like I like the um, the knife dodging parts, right? Because yeah, that's about it for me, right? Like he he's obviously like. Um, the Tintin's supposed to be like a knives master, right? Right. And he's throwing these knives, just like swatting them away as he's walking towards him. Like, dude, that's super mm-hmm. cool, right? Like, it's not it's not like Superman when they throw a gun at him and he ducks. Like, he's literally just walking at knives that are being thrown at him. He's just like knocking them away. But see, that was another scene where I was like, does he have special powers now? Because he catches a knife that's thrown at him, and all we know is he plays guitar, so... Right. They, that was one thing I didn't understand. I was like, what exactly are the Crow's powers? His powers are confusing. And one thing that pissed me off that um, I think was hinted at in the comic, uh, I'm pretty sure it was in the comic, and then was apparently a cut out of the film, is that an element of his powers was that he, he, he's invulnerable, and, and he's... Well, not invulnerable, but he heals fast, and he can not like take permanent damage from his attackers, provided they are the people he was there to avenge. So, Oh, okay. So from other people, he can take damage. So going after people, as long as he's on course to kill somebody. So if he's killing henchmen and shit to get to somebody, it counts, apparently. Okay. But, oh, um, so is that... Because I wondered at the end, they shoot the bird and it's still alive, and then they shoot him and he's still hurt. And I'm like, I don't understand the bird's still so, yeah, alive. The, 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 the basis of his powers... Then they, and again, they cut this, which sucks, because I think this adds a cool dynamic, is that he's supposed to only be going after the people that he's there to avenge. Right. So when he goes off course and just, like, fights anybody, you know, he, he any any wounds he takes there, they won't heal. Which is why later in the movie he's, like, all electrical taped up. Cause, because he has wounds he's, he's, he's taken that he's just acquired from trying to, like, do good, and he can't oh, okay. do but, that. That's not part of it. There's, like, limits. Right. So he's, like, taping his, like, his, his body back together. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Why isn't that in the movie? Yeah. I thought that was just, like, a real fashion choice. Like, he was no, like, oh, yeah. no, I tore that's up my... Cut. That's all cut and badly badly uh, adapted from the comic. But, again, this the team behind this had to do some really intense cutting editing work. They had, oh, they, yeah. they had a role, you know, they had a Paul Walker situation on their hands. They I, had to like you know, finish I, a movie actually, with that he actor. he was he was almost done with the film. Yeah, so yeah. they didn't There's have to do stuff. that much. There was only th- he only had three days left to that's shoot. That's true, but they had to like recut it because you know um, when you have a when you have a movie that's pushing pushing that was a movie. glass of water. Ben didn't just be <laughs> on his floor. <laughs> when you're pushing when you're pushing the limits of gore in a movie where someone died, you gotta be uh, you gotta you gotta recut to kind of like because apparently they they, they they try to do a lot to make him more um, like affectionate of a character mm-hmm. in the cut and less of like a, a murder monster because yeah. he dies. Right. That's what, it's his last film. They're trying to like 
honor him a little bit, you know? So it, they had to make some real intense changes to the story to adapt from the tragedy. Yeah, because I, I remember reading it, like, or hearing about that when I was younger, was just how the movie was supposed to be much more brutal. Like, he was supposed to, like, you're supposed to just, like, he was supposed to not have as much redeeming quality to no. him. And the, the comic has that. Yeah. There's a scene in the comic with one of the guys he's supposed to kill, one of the gang members. He, 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 he ambushes him and his friend while they're, like, in an alley, kills his friend, and then he slices off the, the, the bad guy's feet at the ankles. Oh, wow. And, they, and then the guy falls against the wall, now not able to stand, and is, and, is, and is going into shock and saying, my feet are cold, my boots are over there. I'm so cold, can you give me my boots? Like, he's, like, dying. And the crow is just, like, mocking him. And you're like, holy shit! Like, that's a moment that was not in the movie. Like, right. his, his his fight scenes are pretty lighthearted compared yeah. to some of the shit that goes down in that comic. Well, speaking of the lighthearted fight scenes, later on, um, they're talking about Tintin's death. And they, re- they say, the guy killed him by stabbing his organs in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> they they have the worst police force in this town, but they have the best fucking CSI that this guy was like, I can tell you what order he was stabbed in. And it was alphabetical. I don't get what that means. Either but do like, I. <laughs> like, that, that, that made me laugh, even though that doesn't make any what, fucking it's, sense. It's like, well, this wound happened 36.2 seconds ago. This wound happened 36.3 <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Their CSI is ago. on point, man. <laughs> Except they don't have any DNA testing for the rapes. <laughs> that's, there's never any arrest because we couldn't. Yeah, well, it is bizarre that these people, these guys, are like constantly committing crimes in like not broad daylight because the whole movie takes place at night, but like they're constantly like out in the open and nobody's ever like, yeah, it was those guys right there. Like they somehow have gone a whole year of committing serial arsons and rapes and murders and no one's caught them. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I wasn't sure, there was never any saying about whether Top Dollar had control of the police force. Right. There wasn't any, there was some hinting when uh, Ernie Hudson's like, I looked into the wrong file and now I got demoted. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what, let's let's go to this real quick. I got a question that I need you guys to see if you guys can answer this for me. Sure. I understand, the, the this story is about a man whose wife, or his fiance is killed. Wife, I don't know if they were married yet. Anyways, and he comes back right from the dead. Get married. <laughs> he comes back to avenge them. I get that as a plot. What the hell is Top Dollar's plot? Can somebody explain to me what he no, is? Because he's it, the Joker, basically. It appears to be he runs like... a crime empire based entirely on him just randomly lighting buildings on fire. Yeah, he complains during that meeting at the far end that the lighting the building on fire thing is getting old. Yeah, but I'm like. Okay, so you want to send more of a message, but uh, to who and for what fucking purpose? What are because you it seems like he's just building or burning buildings arbitrarily. Like one of them they burned was an arcade. How could right. that possibly? Even if it yeah. was like a drug front, how much money could an arcade be bringing in? They never explain that. But and then, I, I, okay, I mean he is he is psycho. Like let's do like let's sorry to anybody who's listening to this and you do this. But he makes out with his sister and is having group sex with another girl with his sister. Yeah, who they so, apparently whoa. they fuck the other girl to death, which I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, can we man. talk about that for a minute? Let's just jump to that. I've tried scene. to do that and it does never work. <laughs> what your what sister's is... not into it? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> but what I was getting at is, what the fuck is going on in that scene? It's his half sister yeah, or something. His, he hint, says it's my father's daughter. They hint that it's his half sister. 
He's clearly having a sexual relationship with his half-sister. There's some random nude woman in it. By the way, uh, I guess that maybe what Schulte was talking about. I didn't see any she's, There's no, definitely, no, there's definitely an exposed breast in that scene. I don't um, and, and she is like comatose. And he says, yeah. like, we broke her. And they say we broke her. That's And then they cut her eyes out. Fucking shit. And then they cut her eyes out. What the fuck? Right, right. <laughs> what the fuck is that, that for? Yeah, that, that was not... That's what I'm saying. Like, I, 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 I didn't want to say this because it was, like, too perfect at the time and sure. I should have just said it. But it's like, some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, right. That's, <laughs> right. Like, On Devil's Night. Yeah. Year. That's that's what I think he is. It's just, just who he is. He's just... He has turned into... I mean, obviously, there's the whole... This all happens because they're complaining about the the building being run down and they want... Uh, this is uh, Brandon Lee's The Crow and they're his... Being, they're trying to be evicted. Like, right, yeah. Picked out and they don't want to leave. Move, yeah. And yeah, but... apparently Top Dollar owns this building, but then a year later, it's just an abandoned apartment building. So why did he want everybody to move out? Like, they don't... It, his, like, the whole idea of why brandon lee and his wife were murdered doesn't make any sense because they wanted to stay in an apartment i mean it's a killer apartment great windows yeah that's the biggest Love those windows how yeah. awesome is that apartment it's yeah. like a loft with the private bedroom and an attic space yeah windows. and yeah. like those like yeah like the big cathedral windows and ceilings i'm just like this is the sweetest apartment ever i wouldn't want to move either unless i'd, I'd die for this them. apartment yeah yeah also can we talk about how he lit candles in an attic oh yeah Closed it and just left them up there burning. Not okay. He goes, not. Like, we could have burned this whole fucking place down, but I just wanted to be sweet about this shit. Also, did you notice that the engagement ring he gets when they're in the pawn shop and he finds the ring he gave her doesn't even have a diamond in it? I mean, I know you're in a band, bro, but come on, like use some of that sweet hangman's joke money and get the, um, get a nice ring. I wonder if Brandon Lee recorded a song for this, like if they like that song that he's playing, like uh, what is it? Is a it doesn't rain every day. It can't. It can't rain all the time. It can't rain all the time. Which is a pretty standard statement. So I don't know why that girl's like he's the only one who's ever said that. And this movie tells you, yes, it can. It can rain for <laughs> yeah. like a good it, heat. All it, it rains the time. all the time. Yeah. Uh, what a horrible song name, too. Yeah. <laughs> but that is also one of the most quoted. Like when I was yeah, going oh, yeah. around about this movie, I found tons of. Of, yeah. of ill-advised tattoos of that phrase. Oh, that's not oh. even... That's a rough phrase to get tattooed on you. Yeah. yeah. I think I've said that to somebody once. <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, sure you have. They're I'm like, oh, sure man, it's have. raining. Man, I hate the rain. I was like, hey, it can't rain every day. Actually, we had a second guess. Was that was that your quote in your senior yearbook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing just uh, just bad crow face paint yeah. on, a, on a younger, chubbier Eric, Eric. with the phrase. <laughs> yeah. can't rain all and it's like all over my homeroom notebook. <laughs> I just picture he's like outside in the parking lot after school and he's like talking to some girl she likes. She's like, oh, it's raining again. He says that and then he throws a match and there's like a crow. <laughs> She's like, holy shit, he's a pyromaniac. All the fire lamps go off. She's yeah, uh, it for a week. like, oh, you chubby. <laughs> yeah, Why are you chubby. wearing those leather pants? They were supposed to be roomy. <laughs> Why are your leather pants so tight? They're not tight. You just tend to buy in the husky section. I'm at the top end of it. Oh, remember the husky section? I'm yeah, buddy. I am. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that dates us as people, right? There. Yeah. Um, um, now, we're just kind of jumping around because honestly, I felt like this movie didn't have like a straight narrative. Yeah, it's just the like order. him killing people. 
Mm-hmm. Well, then I want to go to the scene that I give a shit about. Okay, okay just that. skip right because honestly, too, I'm having a hard time reading some of my notes and figuring out. Forget it. What my, the hell's going on? So when we started, I said there's a few scenes that stuck out to me as scenes that worked, mm-hmm. scenes that I clicked, and I didn't like have any like notes where I was like making fun of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was for other parts. And the pawn shop scene was one of them. The pawn shop scene was fucking cool. I mean, he was. He was creepy when he was, like, knocking on the gate, and then he's able to open the gate, and, like, the pawn shop owner's like, oh, what the fuck? And then he bursts through the glass, uh, and then he he ultimately, like, stabs him and, and stabs his hand and, like, digs through the rings and then loads him into a shotgun and fires him at gasoline. I'm like, this is, like, the this is what I expected to right. see when I came into yeah. this movie, was creative like spooky goth shit happening firing wedding rings in a gasoline to blow up a pawn shop like it's yeah. cool as fuck man it is. Like, that's that's i've never seen that in a movie can before. we that's talk about one shit. thing though about this scene sure this pawn shop owner needs to learn when to shut his mouth this guy <laughs> antagonizes everyone in this movie like first he antagonizes tintin a man he knows just either beat up or possibly murdered a woman for her purse then he antagonizes the crow after the crow has shot him in the hand, or no, stuck a knife through his hand. Yep. Then poured gasoline all over the building and is leaving, and the guy's like, now nah, I'm going to talk some shit. It's like, you're standing in a room full of gasoline. Yeah. Then he, goes to, then he goes to visit Top Dollar, and Top Dollar's like, tell me what happened. And he's like, some fucking loon. And he's like, I need details. He's like, I'm not giving them to you. And I'm like, why, why are you being such a dick? Just tell the guy what happened. And then yeah. Top Dollar kills him. I'm like, you deserve it, bro. You should have just... Why are you such an asshole? Did, uh, did, I'm, I want to talk about this scene and how there's a blatant uh, F you to racism in there. Really? Did, yeah. Because he's like, oh. he's like, you child, he's like, you child molest and whatever, motherfucker. And then he's leaving. He's like, close and lock my door. And he goes, yes, Massa, yes, sir. <laughs> and he leaves, and you're like, where does that, why is that even in there? I, I actually wrote that down. I was like, wow, that is one random racist joke out of nowhere. And right. <laughs> like, he, he's clearly trying to, like, paint some, you know, some white guilt on the guy. Yeah. And, like, get him, like, get him, like, with the last laugh on the way out the door. But, yeah, it's in a movie that's very um, not about that. It's yeah. Kind of, it kind of stands out. It has... Oh. Although speaking of of, of 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 the opposite of racism, my wife made an excellent point: is that this movie's criminal underground is the most diverse criminal That's underground true. she's ever seen in a movie. Like, like in, in most of the scenes, it's a pretty wide array yeah. of ethnicities, and, and in a calm, like non-pandering way. Right. Uh, I was. I don't know if you can ever pander by making criminals not white. I think. <laughs> no, <you laughs> that's what I mean. where they're well, like, come on. I meant more like making them like caricatures of like their race. Like, oh, right. That, that's what I was gonna say. There's no like. There's that scene where at the table, the Asian dude says something to him, but he doesn't. He's he's just says, "Look, top dollar." This isn't working. It's not like, look, a top dollar. It's not working. Like, you know. Eric said that. Yeah. I made it. Yeah. Just a little thicker. Just maybe lay it on just a tadge more. Yeah, because if it was a different movie, you'd have that long beard. Right. And he'd pull it to the side and he'd say something really like, like fucking racist. When we do uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, boy. Get away with doing those accents. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to bring Eric back for that <laughs> so he can Damn, back us up. Totally cool. Uh, <laughs> an Asian character in a comic book. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, like it's diverse. It's it's not like noticeable. It's not like they yeah. tried really hard to like. I, know. I felt like bilingual. Was a little bilingual was very confusing. Well, yeah, well that's that's bilingual. his uh, his sorceress girl, half sister girlfriend. I right. just thought uh, also was what was... like oh Asian mystic. 
Yeah, but what was that line? She says, I like, did she say, I like the pretty lights? But is, is that what she says? She says, they're like, oh, we're going to set this whole city ablaze or whatever. And she says, I like the pretty lights. And they all laugh at her. And she just like, goes, ugh. Like, why is that there? Yeah. It is the weirdest thing. It's like she, 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 at that point she's, is an Asian mystic. So she knows she can curse them all, but she can't do it. Cause they're like. Oh, she's wildly useless in that yeah. film. Oh, her yeah. purpose is to deliver the one line where she's like, the crow is his source of power. Right. Anyway, yeah, Which bye. I thought was weird. They build up. She's like cutting out somebody's eye. And yeah. they're like sitting at a table, and he's the like he's basically Scarface. He's got like a mound of cocaine in front of him, <laughs> and she's like blowing smoke on this eye and like talking about the future. And I was like, oh, there's going to be like this thing where she's like a, a a witch or a mystic, or and she's going to know how to stop the crow, and it's going to be a big fight between maybe him and her. And then it was just like, no, she was completely worthless. She's I was just, just like part huh. of a big old creepy family. Yeah, well, this, this, this is another superhero movie where it's it's the men the it's the men are there to fight and the women are there to like support. Did unfortunately, th- when he's with that mound of cocaine, he throws something into the bowl, which basically equates to uh, Ninja Vanish. Oh yes. yeah, <laughs> and just like wait into the cocaine is that what he does? No, there's a bowl of smoke and then he inhales it. Oh right. Then he and takes a like, then he takes his finger and with his coke finger picks up a big thing of coke and then puts it in his mouth. Yeah, and then it says yummy, yeah. and it hail it hails the smoke that was in the like they're cooking the eyeball. Yeah, like I don't know what that was. Like I don't know he, either. Yeah, <laughs> the movie doesn't just, know what that was. It's like, dude, like, could you just tell us what that is? Is it like a weird cocaine bomb that we don't know about, or what? <laughs> yeah, maybe they were like, if you were cool, you'd know. Uh, yeah, it's like, sorry, you didn't do you didn't do really hard drugs in the nineties. You don't know. <laughs> although, although sticking with talking about drugs. I gotta ask a question. Is the crow anti-drug? Yeah, he is. Well, then... Like all good goths. Because as he bursts into that one scene where... Um, uh, with Fun Boy. With Fun Boy. And uh, whatever. And the mom Darla. of the Darla. 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 Uh, <laughs> that is another scene that I liked a lot. When he gets shot in the hand and like laughs at it. I, yeah. mean, I mean, the effects are bad on the hand. Yeah. It's terrible, but... Uh, uh, him like him just like laughing at his wounds was creepy and like I I, I, I like that scene. And well, the I joke feel like Fun Boy probably ch- made out the best. Like he basically died yeah. of a heroin overdose. That's not a rough way to go. Well, that's as far as it goes. Is is when he drags Fun Boy into the bathroom and and Darla is that yeah, Darla. Darla's in there. He 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 throws Fun Boy in the in the bathtub and then goes over to Darla and picks her up and he grabs her arm and he like. He, that's another crow power that they don't explain is he can pull things out of people's veins. Yeah, yeah I was confused. Does like, that happen if you just, do heroin? Like, if you squeeze your arm right afterwards, does it just shoot right back out? No, that's that's indication of his power, like, of him, like, ejecting the morphine from her body. Yeah. So it seemed like this, like, and he told her to clean up and, like, you know, blah, 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 which was a confusing message to then turn around and inject a man full of heroin until he dies. I don't know if well, I think it's. I think that's the same message. Drugs kill people. Yeah, yeah. Drugs yeah. kill people. <laughs> Especially when nine needles are... Why that guy had that many hypodermic needles is also confusing. Yeah. He did His not seem like the type boy. of guy who switches... Yeah. No, he seems like the type of guy who keeps using one. <laughs> right. Just dumps uh, it I, under I, the sink. I, I don't know if that was necessarily for her or for Sarah. For the, yeah, for the daughter. True. No, that's very true. Like, you have a daughter out there who's waiting for you. But what is that power? Like, what is know. the drug that's ejection cool power? Is <laughs> it's is he all Jesus. Yeah, he <laughs> seems pretty he's pretty close to Jesus. I, I mean, if we're if we're being honest, Jesus' power were pretty badly written too. It's yeah, pretty, he just seems to pull stuff out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just like whatever he needs at the time. It's like he's yeah. like, yeah, I can come on, Bible. You could have really set this up early. Double food or something. That's like he took 
that's the crow's power is he's Jesus, so yeah. it's like leprosy. He took the yeah. took it, the leprosy out of the dude's You know what? Bags. That makes sense it's, because that guy only had one hypodermic needle and he was able uh, to use it 12 times. <laughs> he multiplied the needle. So, so in the Bible... <laughs> we cracked the code, guys. <laughs> in the Bible, does Jesus ever climb onto a roof and play spooky guitar music? <laughs> uh, yeah, I take it somebody's never read the Gospel of Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, uh, I, I, again, I don't fucking care about <coughs> chronology anymore. That fucking scene ruled for all the worst reasons. That scene was amazing. Well, do you think that that movie, like, I was wondering out, because I was specifically looking for scenes where it wasn't Brandon Lee. Right. And and I don't know, the movie is short anyway. Yeah. I don't know if they were like, we cut so much out of this that we need to have more time Let's put these vignettes in where he's just playing spooky guitar. I think it's mostly in the beginning are scenes with a double. Um, but the scene yeah. where the little girl comes to his apartment. <clears throat> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not him ever... when he's standing in the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you don't see him and then he hugs her and you still don't see him. Um, and then you also don't see him at... Uh... Like, is it the whole thing with T-Bird? Like, after the explosion... Like, you don't see any of him after that point either, but I don't know if that's just for effect. Right. Um, yeah, they did CGI. Like, they kind of did the Mark Wahlberg. The, Mark Wahlberg? That's not right. Do you mean Paul Walker? Yes. How did I get those two confused? I have, I have no idea. Wait, is Mark Wahlberg dead? Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. Years. Google Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> after he was in uh, the new Transformers, everybody was just like, we're done. <laughs> we're done. But they, they did CGI his face onto an extra for some, uh, like, Wilbur? fight scenes, so. Is that is that weird? Because I expected the CGI at that point to be a lot like PlayStation 1 games. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> it was I'm just sure. the whole movie, and all these polygonal, like, this one polygonal-like stick. Just like original all, Street Fighter. Yeah, like. dressed in all black. Yeah, when they <laughs> said that, I was like, fighter, wow, yeah. I can't believe they were ballsy enough to try that, considering they couldn't nail the hole in the hand. Oh, right. the Jesus yeah. reference, Stigmata. Okay. <laughs> This movie's Killing got layers, it. man. It's like the Matrix. <laughs> um, but 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 talking about these these villains that he's killing off in order now. We've talked about two of them, um, Tintin and and, and Funboy. Um, I fucking love these four guys. These yeah. four villains. Like Top Dog's okay. He's pretty good. Yeah. But the no, four villains. Top Dollar. Top Dollar. Yeah. Whatever. They're both bad names. Look, I I gotta I gotta Lord. make sure because of the Cronenbot thing. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page with names. Yeah, it's 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 a curse of mine. But their fucking performances are so good. The oh. scene where he's like strapping a grenade to T Bird's car. Oh, I that's what I wrote that note too. I thought that that was. I was like, how good is this actor? There's just these, like... Yeah, that guy was really good, where he's, like, freaking out about how you can't come back to life. He's like, the devil saw the goodness, and and, and he's just, like, repeating it, and, like, he's freaking out, and you're just like, oh, my God, dude, like, you're killing it right now. And Michael Massey seemed like a genuine junkie in that scene. Like, he seemed fucking... Like, he was about to pass out during any line, because he was so, like, coked out. Which he may have been. I mean, it it was the uh, uh, late 80s. Or whatever. Uh, or, it was ninety four, so yeah, um, definitely the late eighties. Then <laughs> late eighties. Um, oh, I hate those nineteen ninety four late eighties. I mean, Tintin was fine, but then like, uh, is it Shank? His last one? Yeah, I found Skank. him annoying. As shit. Skank, Skank. I, 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 I liked him. He was 
Like, when he was, like, pacing around at the end and flipping out, like, that, again, was not, like, a put-on performance yeah. where you're like, all right, tone it down. He was, like, genuinely, like, fl- like speed freak flipping out. And he was like, he's I like, dug I'm, that a lot. I'm dead. I'm a dead man. Like, you're just like, yeah, you're you're a dead man for sure. So these these four, the four criminals that they, they cast to play his, like, uh, primary antagonist yeah. were fantastic. Unfortunately, they, they made up Top Dollar, because he's not in the comic. They uh, made him up. Yeah, I thought he was a waste. And I gotta say, I... I always like that dude from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which I just yeah. watched again recently. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, that yeah. great a film, but I like his performance. So the whole time I was watching it, he has like the long straight hair too, which I thought was a weird choice. All I could picture was that. And I was just like, he's so much better in that. Like, I'm, I know, and I couldn't figure out because I'm like, all right, the gang burns down buildings. This guy's like their boss, but there's no story. Like it doesn't make any sense. And like, even at the end, when the crow shows up and they've got Shay or Skank, and he's like, "I just want him." They're like, "Well, we're not gonna let you have him." It's like, why wouldn't you just let him have him? This guy's worthless. First of all, he's like, a, a, he's coked out. You're planning on killing him anyways. So like, why wouldn't you just be like, "Well, let's just see what happens if we just give him this dude," and then he would, the crow would have just left. The movie would have been over. He would have been like, "Yeah, revenge done." So <laughs> it just seemed like a weird, like it should have been that one of those dudes, like T Bird, was like in charge of like a gang. And he was the last boss, and he had a bunch of people with him or something. It just seemed like a weird thing to include yeah. for no reason. And, and, and that's the comic. They work up to T-Bird, not to some other yeah. fifth guy. I think they got that act, and they're like, hey, he just did Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> this dude's a Plus, they have a whole movie. I get it. This you dude's know. a badass villain. Let's yeah. just put something in there for him. Yeah, and you got that, what is it called? There's some some trope term for, for villains in, in movies, like the algorithm of villains or something yeah. where it's like they have to get it to be increasingly you know increasing increasing difficulty to kill yeah uh, like, uh, like video game and i guess they just ran out at four that it's like that's not enough we need to do we need we go for five i, yeah, I did enjoy when he dies and he falls on the gargoyle and then there's the shot of all of his blood pouring out of the gargoyle's mouth yeah, i was like but they that. cut so quick i'm like i bet you that was a scene that was like a much longer shot they should have kept that one longer. and they were like we got to cut this out this is really poor taste in, in the situation the yeah, right. that the I like that the yeah his blood's pouring out of the gargoyle's mouth. If you look at it, he has a one of the like the gargoyle's sp- like spikes coming through his mouth too. Shit! So like they didn't. It wasn't like oh he just landed on this or whatever. It's like that impaled him and they show it and you're like damn yeah yeah that was a that's pretty. Also, did you guy. notice that this movie's climax is sort of the climax to Batman nineteen eighty nine? Oh yeah, it, it is like, almost like identical. Gothic cathedral. You know, they kidnap. They kidnap somebody he loves. In this case, that little girl. You know, in a platonic way. In this film. Yep. There's a ton <laughs> of parallels to Batman with this movie. I, I I really like the Keaton Batman. Like I really do. Like it holds like sure. a really special place. I like this movie better. Than don't I like. Don't listen to our first episode. But yeah, go, continue. No, listen but, yeah. to it, please. We need <laughs> listeners. I I think this movie this movie hit home with me so much more. I guess. Yeah. Than, than that, even though I get why, you know, like, everyone who has read a Batman comic saw that movie. Right. You'd say, like, you know, I didn't even know that this had a goddamn comic. But I just, I, I just thought that this was, I think it's because it's grittier. It's not sure. as tongue-in-cheek, you know? Right. And, I, and I, I like that about it. And stuff that is tongue-in-cheek about it now wasn't tongue-in-cheek about it then, because this is what made it that way yeah that's what i keep thinking when yeah, i was watching yeah. the movie it's like what what am i seeing that's i think now is so lame because i've seen it done before 
and what has not been done before. Right. Um, yeah, that, that was tough for me. But also coming from a 30-year-old watching The Crow for the first time, right. um, I, I mentioned there's a couple scenes that's, that totally landed with me. Um, pretty much eat the, all the individual deaths of the four guys, well, mm-hmm. three of them, because I gotta say, uh, a skank's death was pretty fucking lame. He just gets... He gets, uh, like, haphazardly, like, edged out of a window, and then the crow just leaves. Come on, he's got these, like, saw-like contraption deaths for everybody. <laughs> yeah. How cool is... Skank cool gets is, chucked out a window. That that death, though, with, uh, like, the tying... I just wanted to go back to that for sure. a second. But with T-Bird, and, like, he's there, and he's, like, taping his head onto the seat, and you're like, that's yeah. so good. And then he takes a flare grenade... And drops it in his crotch. Oh, yeah. Like, when he put it in his crotch, I was like, ooh, that's that's a double whammy. Yeah, like, that's the first thing you're going to feel when you explode, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and he ramps and explodes off a wharf into the... Yeah. That was, was goddamn really awesome. And I like that shot, too. It's like, the car's burning in the air, and it just shows, like, the silhouette yeah. of the crow, and you're like, yes, that's all I needed. That's also where he lights the, the crow thing on the ground yeah right? yeah for no Which, one no one sees it yeah although and, and that and that's a trope in a lot of movies we've seen like one two movies do it we've seen some trailers i was gonna say it happens in daredevil daredevil trailer but um but this is the one time where i was not upset about it you know, i was well, just confused why he did it oh i just like if any character is gonna go to the, the distance to like write their fucking symbol in on in fire it's gonna be the fucking crow right <laughs> well he did it on the he did it on the wall with Tintin, right? There's blood yeah, on the wall. The oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. Because uh, Ernie... Uh, Hudson. Hudson comes in and he goes... Or the other detective goes, What's that? And he goes, It looks like blood to me, but I assume you're going to call it graffiti. And then he walks away because he's not a detective anymore and he just has to show <laughs> how badass he's like, You're an idiot detective. Speaking of Ernie Hudson, did you notice the scene where he's in his house... And the crow yeah. shows up. He's just wearing like a t-shirt and boxers, and yeah. his police cap. Like, yeah. Do you think like the director was like, I don't know if people are going to realize this is the same guy if he's not in his uniform? I was just like, why is he wearing his hat? And he's wearing his rain. And how did he get too. undressed? Like with his hat. <laughs> but what I like is, is is the crow at some point in that scene is like you're wearing your hat still. And that, I think that's that, what that was there for. Right, that was what it was there for. But it didn't feel like a genuine moment in the film as much as it felt like Brandon Lee being like, "Dude, Ernie, your hat's on." Right. Yeah, like I, I wonder like, if that was you doing. <laughs> the director's like, "Fuck, this take was so good." <laughs> but Ernie, you had your hat on the whole damn time, and Brandon had to tell you to take Fucking it off. In the middle. You know what? I like it. I like it. Just, just leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it. I, I also uh, thought that it was odd that. Um, Earlier in the movie, they show these guys swallowing bullets. They are known rapists and murderers. And the first time they each see the crow, they're like, what the fuck are you? I'm like, would they even be that concerned? Clearly, this town is like a complete cesspool of like insanos. I'd just be like, another crazy guy. They seem uh, super scared of him. And it's just like a guy in a black t-shirt. Except Tintin. Tintin didn't seem scared. Because he said, what are you doing, crackhead? And then he's like, you don't want to mess with me. And he's like, you know, it looks like he's... He he's not scared, and I don't know if the other guys are so scared because Tintin's already dead. Yeah, he's like shit. Someone's coming around killing our gang. Don't forget about his other line, which is Halloween's manana. <laughs> which I was just like, is he is he supposed to be like of Spanish? This he's is? just supposed to be weird because this is coming from like a late eighties, early nineties fad of these movies with an action hero fighting. Because, like, in these movies of, like, that time period, no one's, like, there aren't that many movies about, like, international, like, t- 
terrorists or anything. Yeah. It's more about like street crime. It's mm-hmm. kind of like street crime movies. Your Batman franchises, your you know all this stuff. There's like street crime movies, and in all of them, the the villains of these like fucking street thugs who are just maniacs. Right. Like they wear crazy shit. They don't have. They have like nicknames and never have real names, and they just roll around with pocket blades. Like yeah, that guy was like and... made of knives. Like he was. Uh... This Danny is like, Trujillo, but like, all, just like, like Judge Dredd, like the original Judge Dredd, like all, uh, right. the warriors are just packed with these like really vibrantly terrifying gang members that roam around. We don't do that anymore, you know. You get your movies like Taken or whatever. It's yeah. always like international, like, like always sex, vaguely Russian like, people, sex crime people, and like yeah, fucking, vaguely Russian people. They're middle yeah, East, vaguely like, middle European, <laughs> vaguely Middle Eastern from yeah. that uh, Middle Eastern stand. Yeah, they're from Europe yeah, stand. Yeah, uh, and so I, I love that this is the movie that's like the apex of that because that fad started to die out in the '90s, yeah. well, and so this is like to me, I'm like, I was so happy to see that, especially with the performances of these characters. I love that weird, maniacal, like like street thug bit that's no longer around. I miss it. Also, speaking of the Warriors, um, uh, T Bird is from the movie The Warriors. He's one of the major. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah um, you'll characters. you'll find that when a movie is bad. A lot of those people end up in the Warriors for some reason. <laughs> Don't know if there's a correlation. Um, the thing I noticed too about Tintin in that scene where he was in the he was walking up and he was trying to light a cigarette off of like this gigantic trash can fire. No one's in here. Yeah, I don't know why, but all of a sudden I was just like, oh man, he reminds me of. Do you remember in Predator Two? There's that voodoo guy. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I think so. I was just like, I was like, I wanted to be like, which one of these movies came first? Because I almost feel like. The guys from Predator 2 were watching this, and they're like, oh, man, we should make there be a dude who's, like, super Jamaican for some reason. Um, uh, this came out before Predator 2. Did I it? I want to say it did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm going to answer that question right now. Right. All right, Ben, you type away. Um, but but another another point I wanted to I wanted to make. Uh, oh, here we go. Predator 2 is uh, oh, four, four years but in, ahead of it, yeah, in 1990. I was gonna figure oh, they couldn't have waited that long in between Predator. Folks, Predator we have to watch two. this movie. It's got it's got, it's got like a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What Predator Two? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. We don't have to watch that, right? Predator's an iconic. Wait, well, let's back up for a second. Are you tell me you've never seen Predator Two? Oh my god, it's so good. Danny Glover as the action star. Yeah, uh, Danny Glover. It, you don't go wrong with Danny Glover. It takes place in Los Angeles where there's a heat wave in, in which every character is just like sprayed with water before each take. <laughs> where I'm like, if a person is sweating that much, they're dying. Like no one can pause. It's it's so bad. It's good. I love that movie. But um, with with the crow, uh, there is one scene I wanted to talk about uh, before we we escape it, which is I, I've mentioned a ton of scenes that totally worked for me amongst. Some shoddy, spotty acting here and there, and some utter cheeseball lines from The Crow, because as much as I've been steering away from trashing The Crow a little bit this episode, I would have been pretty nice, is there's fucking lines about him being a clown, and him reciting Poe, and him just like... There's this, just some garbage. Yeah, the, yeah. when he recites The Crow, it was just too on the nose. Does he do that in the comic? Yeah, I mean, well, he's he's real almost biblical in the comic. He's like talking about vengeance and like and like brimstone shit. I would rather have that than that. The Poe. Yeah, I would too. Like, I really like the part, uh, like the vignettes that everybody hates, where he's they're raping her, and uh, T 
T-Bird's reading Bible verses right. out of it. Like, that's more that's, the shit that yeah, Crow does. Like, like, I mean, oh, like, if you're going to have him quote Poe, Poe has so many stories about people dying, about revenge. <laughs> I mean, the cast of Amartiato, or however you say that. That whole thing's yeah. about revenge. I mean, they could have done uh, The Conqueror Worm, you know, which is about, like man's death and the, the the winner is the worm that eats you when you're dead and, i mean there's tons of poems they could have picked but instead they were like there's a big black bird in this movie yeah but but amongst the comically overwrought dialogue there's these single scenes that, that stand out to me as being great but there is one that they want me to like and i fucking didn't and that is when the when the gang is having their big meeting and he busts in and like shoots everybody yeah, I was. That was the most boring fight sequence. Well, there was no reloads. I've it was yeah. seven hundred bullets fired from two pistols. And, and there's so much confusing shit happening in that scene because he shows up and he walks in, which is awesome. That he just like walks in. It very felt very much like that Joker scene mm-hmm. inspired. Uh, the, the, like like the, the, this inspired that Joker scene in uh, Dark Knight, where like Joker walks into the room of criminals and is like, oh, "Hey they guys, yeah, they both die, right? Oh, and they both bring face paint. Oh, man. Wow, guys, um, too soon." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like he, he comes into this scene and they and they just fucking light him up and he falls down. They all laugh and then he, they go over and he's not there. And then he reappears and just starts murdering. That's fine, except about two seconds into that scene, he's shot and he like reels from it, like he almost falls down from the hit. But then turns it into like a like a move where he like fires his gun from the ground and then stands up. And I'm like, oh, awesome! He's gonna be like being like knocked down with bullets. That's it. Then for five unbroken minutes, he just does cartwheels, he walks slowly, he picks knives up off the wall. I also feel like if I was one of those criminals, after the first 12 people were murdered and had shot the guy repeatedly, I'd be like, well, I don't know why he's not going to die, but he's not going to die. I'm just going to leave and hope he doesn't follow me. anyone hits him. I think the movie is like, no, he's fine. He's not getting hit. Because he, like, walks around. He doesn't take any damage. He doesn't seem to bleed. He doesn't seem to react to these shots, and, and we're talking like twelve guys. Well, they you, like, they at least it? all shoot him like fifteen times when they when he first comes into the room. That's my thought, but Brandon Lee responds to none of these shots except for that first one. He yeah. just kind of like walks through the rest of them, which sort of steals away some of like the drama. Like it doesn't seem like he's like I know he's invincible. That's fine, but I know Wolverine's invincible. But when I see Wolverine like getting like his ass kicked while he's fighting. That adds some level of interest right. to it. It's well, like not selling a move in wrestling, right? Like, yeah, you know, body slam, yes, you just pop right exactly. back up. It doesn't look as good if you're not selling the... I know it's fake, but right. I need him to, like... Whoa, whoa, actually, whoa, like, wrestling's fake? Like... <laughs> That's for a later episode. We're talking about the movie, don't... <laughs> the movie's fake, not wrestling. Oh my god, I, what's happening? I know I know. we're supposed to like him, like, in the flashing lights, like, firing two guns mm-hmm. over his shoulders, but it's just not... It, it feels too... Forced and well, again, the, like, thing, the fact that bullets don't seem to hit him, it just takes away any of so it. The thing that I thought was weird is all right, they've set up that for some reason this guy has a cabinet full of swords. I don't know why, whatever. And at one point, Brandon Lee goes over and he pulls out a katana. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. You know, he's going to be being like repeatedly shot by these people and just running through them, slicing them up. He kills one guy with a sword and then jams it in the desk. Yeah. I was exactly. like, why even put the swords there then? This scene had all the potential this movie was building up to, and instead you get Brendan Lee just doing some lazy flips for five minutes and shooting guns, you know, and then it ends, and I was so disappointed. I don't know if it's because we have such great, like, fight choreography now, but this is in 94. 
But we're talking Brandon Lee. I mean, right, I know. Some of the best fight choreography preceded him with his father. Like, right. People know how to do this. Right. And maybe gun action is... I was going to say, his yet. father technically pioneered right. a lot of the way fight choreography went. Like, So right. where is it in this scene? It's nowhere. Right. I mean, and let's not try and confuse Brandon Lee's martial arts ability with his... No, sure, of course but not. But, right. Right. I just felt like it just seemed like they went to the effort to be like, this guy's immortal. He has vague superpowers where his reflexes are heightened. He doesn't get hurt when he jumps off of a building and lands in some trash. He seems to be able to take pain extremely well. I was just like, why not just make him more of a badass? Like, I didn't get, like, because his fighting, they're trying to make it seem like he's a badass. He's grabbing people and throwing them, all this stuff. And then I was like, but why didn't they just go all the way and just make him really good at fighting and just not have explained it? Or just had yeah. one of those little vignettes of him, like, in a, like a karate gi. Just being like, going to practice, baby. Sure do love you. Oh, God, we're so in love. <laughs> we're practicing catching knives tonight. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. I got to go learn how to use a katana in case I'm ever attacked by 28 gunmen at once. Are you a clown? Sometimes when I was in the circus catching knives. <laughs> right? like that's... that's where I got all this clown makeup. Yeah, but yeah, this, this scene, that scene kind of bummed me out. Because we talked about earlier, like... Like, like they cut out the part that gave him some boundaries to his power mm-hmm. where he was only able to attack people relevant to his revenge. Right. Um, this is another scene where that could have been like relevant where, yes, he heals, but when you're being shot 700 times, he's going to be like covered in bullet holes, yeah. which, which would have made sense because shortly after he escapes the sequence and runs across more roofs, he reaches Ernie Hudson's car and he's bleeding out. Yeah, he leaves blood on the... On the seat. And I'm like, where was that? Like, where's the... You never see him take any right. damage. And then he's just in a car, he's bleeding, and then the next scene, he's good again. I'm like, bring some of that, you know, some of that tension. Bring right. it in the movie. Yeah. Where is it? And now maybe maybe that was something that was supposed to be... Yeah, that, that could have been cut. like maybe the, the last... One of the last three days was that fight scene, and so they had to just cut shots they already had, and maybe they used a stunt guy and just... You know, hope nobody would notice because of the face paint or whatever. Maybe that's why that scene's so weirdly cut. I just felt like this movie was very lacking in the fight scenes. I just didn't think they were very interesting. They were just like a lot of people grabbing each other and throwing each other. People doing that 90s thing where they like hit somebody and they're like, they're dead. And you're like, oh, you can't really just punch somebody like once in their, like in the top of their back and they're going to die. <laughs> I mean, especially like you're very tiny. I, I don't think it's, a, you know, so it just felt yeah. like there was a lot of that where he would like hit people and they'd be like, they're dead. And I'd be like, how did he kill that guy? He just did a somersault over his back. Like that killed him. He was he died of surprise. Yeah. It's all style. Yeah. Over, yeah. Over actual, like, <laughs> he gets style of, points and it creates murder. I wonder if it's like, you know, he's like, I can take drugs out of people's arms. I can do things to your blood just by touching you. Maybe that's so it. So when I punch you in the back, I all stop your blood all, all your blood shut <laughs> Yeah, your blood causes your heart to explode. You can't see it, though, because I'm behind you. I would also inside. like that. It's I inside. would like that in the movie. Him yeah. punching the blood out of people? <laughs> I would watch the, that, that in movie. Now, yeah. the movie ends... that Throughout the film, there's some voiceover of this girl. And the movie ends with, I thought, something that was kind of weird. She's like... Uh, a person's never really dead as long as you remember them and they're truly loved or something. But it's like, yeah. you can you can always have them in your life. It's like, well, no. You just get a crow to bring them back to life. This entire movie is about how it's nobody does really die. The, a crow just brings them back if they're kind of pissed. Also, wife, totally dead. Still dead. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I, t- I brought this up to Ben earlier, but that scene at the end where he's like there in the grave and like she's there... 
But she, you didn't see her come out. Yeah. Like, She's is that like him walking. imagining it? Also, the graves are, like, completely normal at the end of it. It's like, did oh, really? any of this really... Yeah. Did any of this really happen? Is this, like, all just happening anyway? And it's not really that. It's just the girl's weird, freaked out mind thinking that this is why all this is happening. Is These are all the bad people and... You know, Wait, are, yeah. are you are you proposing that this is Jacob's ladder and this is actually what Brandon Lee sees as he falls out the window, and that's why the movie ends with the graves because he's just dead? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Like, is, I like that take. That, I was just I didn't realize it until watching it this time, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like th- the graves undisturbed, and it was disturbed when the police saw it. Yeah. Right. Like, is, is this, as Brandon Lee's originally falling, this is his imagination. of Yeah, like, before okay. he hits the ground, he has, like, I'm right. going to come back to life as a, by a crow a year later. My apartment's going to be completely ransacked, except for some black makeup and some right. clown paste. And then I'm going to kill a bunch of people in increasingly bizarre ways, but then be murdered at the end. And I'm going to look the exact same way doing it the whole time, because he can't picture himself being dead. Right. Yeah. Right? It's like, like I'm just gonna look. I'm gonna look great. Just really pasty. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's that line in there. She goes. Uh, the girl goes. You didn't say goodbye, and he says you'll have to forgive me for that. So in my brain, it's like he's thinking as he's falling. Like, she's gonna be mad because I didn't say goodbye, and he's apologizing to her on his way down. I like that you are so. watching this movie on like so many different levels like a real brechtian uh, <laughs> watching experience i was watching it like what the fuck is happening <laughs> is that joy division yeah it was just, I, yeah I, I was still stuck at the beginning over the like the cut to the matrix rave where that woman was singing that song i was just like what is happening um so i had a thought here at the end uh when i when i finished the end of this movie and then it just kind of dawned on me as we were talking about now so the beginning opens with a narration about how the crow revives people who've been specifically outrageously wronged yeah. so that they can get vengeance. So if that's the case, why is it Eric and not Shelley that becomes the crow? Because Eric just came home, got stabbed, and then thrown out of the window. Shelley got tortured, raped, then died slowly and painfully in the hospital. I'll tell you why. Because he's a man. He has a penis. <laughs> God damn it. I, I, that's that's truth. It's the 90s. That's why. <laughs> but I also wonder if it's because it's like in the storytelling, it's like he's he's there. His He loved her so much that he's coming back to avenge her death. Right. Right. That's what they're playing it on. Right. His emotional loss is, is bigger than, than her actual rape yeah. is what you're getting across to me. Yes. Yeah, well, well, that's. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying go for a possible question. <laughs> but it seemed. It seemed that's what 15 year old Eric is telling me. Of course. Yeah. I know why that, that's not the case. Is because James Abar, uh, the writer of the original Crow, uh, wrote The Crow because his girlfriend was killed by a drunk driver. Jesus. And, Way to bring um, the podcast to a screeching halt. <laughs> sorry. We've talked about like 17 dead people. And, and I know, right? And this, and the, he, he claims that, the, that the, uh, uh, the, the, the Crow comic was his way of like his outlet, you know, yeah. because I imagine like if you ever had like something even a little bit shitty happen to you, like someone like, you know, like broke into your house and took something you kind of think about that all the time it really like enrages you so i couldn't imagine that kind of like pain with uh yeah. with having actually lost someone to some other negligent asshole yeah so i see why you'd build a revenge comic like that makes a ton of sense right. so i get why so it's not fair for me to ask that question but it did, it did stick with me during the movie i was like 
why isn't Shelly? Like, Shelly seems the one who really got, the, like, the, the, the raw deal here. Like, why isn't she popping back in here with face paint, ripping it up? Because that seems like a cool movie to me, yeah. too. Um, I, anyway. I, I, we were talking about this, about the reboot before, like, that there's all these rumors. Ugh. I hope that if they do do a reboot, they do it with a woman as the, as the centerpiece. Nope. <laughs> they won't do that. Right, I know they won't. <laughs> well, they, uh, anyway. Uh, They've recast it a bunch of times. It was originally uh, Bradley Cooper for a while. Oh, God. Uh, Johnny Depp for a while. Uh, 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 no. Thank God they didn't it, make that, because Johnny Depp a bunch can only make yeah. one successful film now, and it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. It's a bunch of people i never heard of, and now the most recent casting rumors, these casting rumors are as, like, as persistent as any rumor in Hollywood. They just keep popping up. The most recent casting rumor is uh, the guy from... Boardwalk Empire, who's got like the disfigured face yeah. from the war. I'm surprised I don't know why it's they not. Just don't the, uh, leave these things alone. I'm surprised yeah, it's not the dude from Parks and Recreation, whose name I can't think of right now. Who is it? Chris Pratt. Yeah, since they just, just be casting. Oh, I was hoping it was Aziz Ansari. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch either of those movies. He's like, you killed my girlfriend. <laughs> oh my god, that I can't sucks. It. That was fucked up. That is. That was a pretty good Aziz imitation yeah. there. Um. Yeah, uh, they, uh, I just also want to bring to note that the movie poster is fantastic. Yeah, that's like, the it looks the it's the coolest thing. Like he's just standing there, and it's like a beam of white light on him, and it's just like it's great. Like there's that one, then there's the one like where it looks like the it's the crow with his makeup face. That one. That one's cool. You can't see it when I say that one. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a visual medium there. So which, how many of these were in your room on your walls, just out of curiosity? One. one. I had the one where it's Brandon Lee standing there, and it's just a white beam of light on him, and it looks like he just burst through a door and everything else is black. Uh, now, was it above your bed so you could look at it as you went to sleep, or...? Um, it was actually uh, right next to my mirror in my room, so I could look at that and be like... That's how many how many crow life. posters were in your school locker? Oh, uh, none. <laughs> I, I didn't have I didn't have lockers in my school. I'm from Southern California. Ah, oh, Jesus! Uh, what is it with you people and dropping where you're from? <laughs> <laughs> in SoCal, we don't have lockers, bro. We surf we into have, school. We don't have time to carry stuff. We we drive our own Escalades and we keep our books in our cars. But, well, this movie was filmed in Detroit, which isn't Chicago, which is where we're from. God right. damn it. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, but don't worry. You're, my ship's going to come in when we do Captain America from the 70s, oh, which takes place boy. partially in Springfield, Ohio. <laughs> uh, this was actually filmed, I think, in... Um, some uh, guy's basement? Some guy's basement. <laughs> on I, what has to be a set. There's no way yeah, that any of this was filmed on a real set. building. Yeah, that's all set. Yeah. It's all filmed in Detroit. It's also small, too. All the sets are, like, super tiny. Yeah. Like, there's no expansive shots. Everything's cut real close. Mm-hmm. Everything's really up in all the characters' grills. Yeah, I was going to well, say, you can see there's a sign in the background, and it's in, like, five different shots throughout the movie of, like, a neon sign that's attached to a building. So they're just yeah. filming. It's just one street on a lot. And they just keep changing the angle of the camera, hoping you won't notice, because it's so fucking dark. <laughs> well, I don't think I have anything to say in terms of our um, uh, sequential to cinema. I don't really have any 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 more comparisons to make to the comic, as you, 
as usual, I've I've I've, I've punctured um, them. Uh, I've, I've punctuated them throughout all this. But since you're the only one who's right. who's read the comic, and in some case, cases knew there was a comic, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did you think how how I mean was this a pretty accurate representation of the comic, other than the addition of Top Dollar? I, I do. I mean, they made the Hollywood changes, but um, I mean, like I said before, some of my favorite scenes that I mentioned earlier are shot for shot, like creations directly out of scenes like i was actually showing um eric before we started some of the some of the, some of the shots and i think what, so what i've seen the comic yeah <laughs> it, what, what i might do if, um, um if i have time is actually is actually maybe try and grab some screen grabs and just just showcase uh and post them on the facebook page um just to showcase like how exactly they cast some of the characters to, to literally be like 98 percent matches to characters from the comics I mean, I'm glad they didn't keep the crow's hair from the comic. It's right. it's, it's real like bad. Cut, right? It's real weird. Oh, it's like Sandman. Spiked, it's it's spiked out yeah. really heavily, which I, it's one of those haircuts that like it looks like a Dragon Ball Z haircut at points, right. like a, a small one, one of those ones that, that doesn't work in reality. So it wouldn't. Like it would Simpson hair. Yeah, yeah. It would doesn't. It's not going to work in. Re- yeah, exactly. It's just not going to work in a movie. So I'm glad they they made up their own their own vision for that. But a lot of the rest of the movie is is. I mean, and the the comic. Is exactly the things you were like complaining about. Like some of the lines are lifted directly from the comic, mm-hmm. including his Jesus line, like mm-hmm. where he's like he, Jesus shows up for a hotel and gives the guy yeah. three nails and says, can you put me up for a night? Great that's joke, though. You know, that's from the comic. Uh, 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 all like these like flashbacks to him in a relationship with his his with Shelley are all exactly the same way that they are in the movie. Like, they really did some serious loyalty to this this book, which I think um, is nice i mean especially yeah. in early 90s comic book movies yeah like, yeah yeah this like, obscure comic like yeah. i mean it's big because of the movie but i don't think this was big as a comic no. i think it was i think it was reasonably successful as a comic yeah. but that's like saying you know was reasonably successful as a podcast you know i mean it's not like here <laughs> yeah we're, it's not like you're talking like 400 people. million people bought this comic book yeah, you're saying we're the crow of comic books, uh, the crow of, of podcasts. Is that what you're saying? Uh, sadly, I think we may be uh, whatever the crow four was called. Let's not get too <laughs> like patting each other on the back here. Yeah, I think we were like crow, crow four or crow five yeah, with we're, Bradley we're the Cooper. Crow four podcast. And... That's fine. That's better. That's better. Right. Good. Oh, God. We're more like right. Aliens vs. Predator Requiem of podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's not as bad as everybody thinks. <laughs> Still not that great though. My resume. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, does, uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Anything that we missed? That covers it for me. Yeah, that covers it for me. I just want everyone to know I really love this movie. We couldn't tell. <laughs> so, uh, guys, if you have any pictures of yourself dressed in white face paint, please send them to Eric. You get a kick out of them. Uh, also, send his wife apology notes for what he's going to end up doing to his son by showing him this movie <laughs> and taking him out to the tree where he writes all of his poetry. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's it. Uh, if you'd like to join in the conversation, of course, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash NAOSpod. We forgot to do images for Hellboy, I realized, when you just said that, but we'll have something up for this movie. Oh, I certainly will, yeah. And, and you know, if, you have, if you're like Schulte and want to point out the exact moment and time in which there's a side boob, feel free to. If you have other comments you'd like to leave, uh, things we missed, things that you disagree with, if you want to tell me that I hate too many things... Feel free. Uh, you, you can't punch me. I'm taking that out because my friend tried to when I saw him. So no more, no more <laughs> offers of letting people punch me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at It's Pogues and Instagram, Ben. Uh, I am uh, at the Disco Pony uh, on 
uh, Twitter, uh, Awesome Mix Mocking Down on Instagram. That pretty much covers it. You can find my website, it's therealbenchapman.com. It's got a bunch of my old writings and all my other social media links and whatnot. I love your website name. Oh, yeah. The Real Ben Chapman. Yeah, it's benchapman.com because uh, you actually Google Ben Chapman, the number one result is uh, whatever happened to Ben Chapman, comma, the racist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's the number one. That's the number one because uh, Ben Chapman is not only the Gill Man, as in the guy playing the uh, uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. He's also the baseball uh, uh, coach who wanted Jackie Robinson not to play. Uh, uh, this Ben Chapman is not racist. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I just want to get not the he racist. He let me into his house. That should be my new. That should be my new uh, website. Is not the racist. <laughs> not ben the Chapman. racist Ben Chapman. Dot I com. like that better. Uh, Eric, is, uh, is there somewhere you want to direct people to? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, at Eric underscore Sablon. Super original. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you... Yeah, on the Squared Circle Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on there a lot. <laughs> under, Big wrestling fan. Under Erotery. That's mm-hmm. a Friends reference. You'll get that eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, E-R-O-T-R-I. Uh, yeah, other than that, uh, that's good. Go see some of my shows in Chicago. Yep. Uh, Second City, I owe... Uh, whenever I'm around there. You don't have anything coming up? Uh, not currently, no. But, I mean, you know, by the time people listen to this in the future, hopefully I'll be... Yeah, yeah, people are going to listen to this. Keep telling yourself. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this episode of Not Another Origin Story. We'll be back next week where we'll talk about our next film up on the, the viewing block, I guess. Ben? Fire it up! Fire it up! <laughs>